Yeah, the sandbox is, is too small. It's it, it there, you know, we're 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 very busy, but but you know, we're by no means active in fifty states, right? Um, you know, it's it's under a dozen. This is the Contractors Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Hello, I'm Kelsey Misbrenner, Managing Editor with Solar Power World. I'm here today with Steve Rader, the CEO of Summit Ridge Energy. Summit Ridge is a community solar developer based in Arlington, Virginia, that was founded in 2017. So welcome, Steve. Thanks, Kelsey. So you have had quite the high profile year so far with your deal with Q-Cells. Tell me about this announcement that involved the vice president. Yeah. Yeah. High profile by default. I think the the we've 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 had a pretty neat year, but the the vice president attending the event in Dalton, Georgia, was a was a great surprise um, and one that was welcome. Um, we've been working on that deal with Q Cells for quite some time. We've been a customer of Q Cells for years at this point, uh, and have been working on the one point two gigawatt commitment from them for probably the past year or so. Um, so it was great to get down there. And make the announcement. It was even greater that the vice president um, and and some others were able to join us, and it, it really was a neat event. Very very cool to see um, the uh, the outcome of Q Cell's kind of commitment to domestic manufacturing and the number of folks that were at the factory and the size of the factory, and to hear more about their future expansion plans, which go beyond just the Dalton facility as well. So tell me about that partnership and that deal with Q Cell's. What are the logistics there? So. 90% of the content, 90% of the of the 1.2 gigawatts that that we agreed to to purchase from QCells uh will be coming from the US from uh either their Dalton facility or I think they're actually they're creating a factory, building a factory um just south of Dalton, a county or two south. I think Barlow is the county which that facility should be online sometime in 2024. Um so mostly bifacial modules that will be used for ground mount um systems but we're we're working with q cells as well to to um diversify within the broader order um to to hopefully get some modules that are more um um, applicable to rooftop systems as well we do a number of rooftop projects in addition to the ground mount projects that we build okay exciting modules in in, from a delivery standpoint it will be it will be staggered but we've already started to receive we've been using hotwa modules for quite some time in terms of when the the first modules from this delivery would be, uh, you know, installed on projects across in the markets that we operate in, I think probably Q3 or Q4 of this year. So how does that solve supply chain issues that the industry has been plagued with um, setting up a partnership like this? Does does it ease some headaches? It, it, it does. Um, it, it admittedly, you know, any kind of feelings aside in terms of tariffs on Chinese product and, and, you know, that, that complicates things for, for a lot of my peers in the industry. Um, we've been able to navigate, you know, those waters fairly well by procuring modules from Q cells out of Korea, uh, for quite some time now, but, but having the modules manufactured, uh, and, and shipped within the U S absolutely logistically is much easier, um, than having modules shipped from, from overseas. So, um, you know, not only is are we supportive of it from a from a manufacturing perspective, from a American content perspective, a job creation perspective, but but logistically, it's a whole lot easier. And I think there's a lot more certainty in terms of timing as to when we can get the modules delivered. Okay, got it. So tell me about your journey into solar. How did you get into this industry? 
it feels it feels like I've been in the industry for 50 years, right? It's it's every year in solar is a dog year, I feel like. Um I I met a guy back in the 2007 timeframe who, you know, became a friend subsequently, uh, Scott Sklar, who's a lobbyist on the Hill. Um, I was working in kind of the, the, the mission critical infrastructure space without getting into specifics. You know, he had, he had been kind of touting the, the benefits of distributed generation, uh, you know, and how it could sure up mission critical infrastructure. And one thing led to another, and I started to better understand the economics. My brother and I started to install a series of kind of small commercial systems across the region, um, and then went to work at Sun, at Sun Edison in the 2009, 2010 timeframe, uh, as a regional sales manager. And eventually I left as the, as the GM of the East coast U S business, the commercial business. Um, but a very clear decision to start summer Ridge, a uh, lot of, a lot of lessons learned at Sun Edison, a lot of good lessons, a lot of lessons learned as to how not to run, uh, a large renewable energy company. And I don't say that disparagingly. It was a good experience, but um, sometimes the best lessons are the ones that you learn in terms of, of how not to do things and, and um, the pitfalls that, that can present themselves. If you, if you get too big, too fast and try to extend yourself, um, you know, uh, to, to overreach. So <clears throat> started Summit Ridge in 2017 and really we've been off to the races ever since it's been a, the, our growth trajectory I think has been very unique in the industry. Um, we're probably the most transactional company in the space at this point, probably the largest commercial solar company in the US, not let alone community solar company from a from a transaction perspective. Um, so it's been fun. We've got 46 projects under construction right now, currently with another, you know, 68 projects slated to start construction this year alone. So um we're 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 very execution focused. Um and we put a whole lot of solar in the ground on our roofs, which is which is fantastic. With only with only about 115 employees right now, so we've we've managed to do a lot with with uh, with a smaller number of people. Um, are you both developing and installing these projects? We do, but develop, acquire. We do we do a whole lot of acquisition work in the space. Um, uh, our our M and A team is is uh, in 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 my opinion one of, one of the best out there. We also develop our own projects in various markets um, and, and have grown that capability over the past couple of years, very purposely um, grown that capability to kind of balance our M&A activities with our self-development activities. We also we also provide construction services. Now, we're not an EPC contractor. Uh, we sub that work out. But we have a large operations team uh, that manages all the contractors for us. How do you make those decisions on which subs to work with? You know, at this point, um, we've worked successfully with the same groups for many years. Not many years, we've only started the company in 2017, but for several years at this point, um, it, it's it's a it's a resourcing uh, plan, a planning exercise on our part with our EPC contractor partners. Um, we've got so much volume in certain markets that that. Um, we tend to to max out certain folks that we like to work with, uh, and so it's a load balancing exercise these days, for lack of a better description, where we're consciously trying to not kind of overburden any one EPC contractor. Um, and and subcontracting resources have become uh, more scarce over the past couple of years. Really, you know, post COVID, um, you know, uh, electrical contractors, for instance, are 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 harder to 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 uh, secure they're harder to contract with 
because of the amount of work that they have. Um, we see that with other subcontractors as well. What has been the most rewarding moment of your career at Summit Ridge so far? Wow. What's been the most rewarding moment? It's hard to point to one moment. I had some time to reflect after the Apollo transaction, certainly having a company like Apollo uh, come in and make a minority investment in Summit Ridge um, was validation, I think, of some of the things that we've done over the past five, six years. Um, just a fantastic group of folks, um, you know, consonant professionals and, and um, uh, did their homework on us in a big way. But but it's been a very kind of mutually beneficial partnership. We found, uh, you know, them being on our board to be uh, their, their great asset to the company. So I think completing the Apollo investment last summer, it would be hard to beat, but there's been a number of of uh of things that i can point to so th that certainly is is right there at the top of the list you know we've we have co-funded with with some others but we've made a a, a reasonably sized investment a large investment in the sustainability hub in chicago you know that's a partnership with 548 enterprises and power 52 i think we feel we feel really good about that one and that it it, it aligns with our mission you know our culture of execution it's not just talking about energy uh equity and 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 you know providing savings for folks it's it's you know which which we do we sell energy credits to low-income customers but providing job training to folks providing skills that that they can use to um you know to carry on and, and create careers in an industry that's built to last um feels like we're we're doing our part uh in terms of 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 expanding the green energy the clean energy economy uh, and not just talking about doing things, but actually um, taking actionable steps, um, you know, to 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 make this thing, to spread this this mission, right? To to spread clean energy into into multiple markets and to have as many people benefit from that as possible. Yeah, I I know that just today there was an announcement that um, the workforce training has started in Chicago. Is that true? Yeah. That's uh, I've gotten some pictures, some updates. The stories are awesome you know, in terms of the people that are that are coming on a daily basis. Um, the intent is to use those folks to to help install our systems. Specifically in Chicago, we've got a very large portfolio of over 100 rooftop systems that that we plan on installing over the next couple of years in Chicago proper. Um, so that that uh, it, it, things have kicked off. Uh, I think the program is is working as expected, and these are just the first 20 to 25 students that will hopefully be thousands over the next few years. Yeah, that seems so necessary with the work, the worker shortages that everyone's feeling. For sure. You know, the Q cells relationship is also one, the fact that we've that we've been able to uh, it, just achieve the scale coming out of the uh, of where I did taking a chance to start Summit Ridge really from. Uh, hitting the reset button after leaving uh, Sun Edison, I chose not to go through the the bankruptcy process and spin off with with a company that's that's now operating and, and someone that we actually work with. So we we look at them as good partners. But I think um, it's just been very rewarding to to grow the company to the scale that we have. And certainly, it's not all me. I've got a fantastic executive team, and I've got a a core group of folks that have been helping me drive this since day one. So you have a lot of systems in. The Chicago area, but I understand you're playing in a lot of states. Tell me about the community solar landscape in this country at the moment and where you'd like to see it go. 
Yeah, the sandbox is is too small. It's it, it there. You know, we're 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 very busy, but but you know, we're by no means active in fifty states, right? Um, you know, it's it's under a dozen, and and frankly, the um, for lack of a better description, the sandboxes remain the same size for quite some time. Now, there haven't been too many large, wide open community solar solar markets that have launched over the past couple of years. I think there are some markets that have been on the tipping point for several years, Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin and others that I can point to. Um, and I think now's the time, right? With the, with the, with the, the rollout of the IRA, which, you know, we're, we're still very much in, in wait and see mode. And there's some things there that we'd like to see happen with regards to the IRA and how it's rolled out in the near term. Um, but again, we're in wait and see mode still there's the, the, the wind at the, at the industry's back is, is picking up. Right. So now, and I think we are perfectly positioned to benefit from from various components of the IRA um, in terms of being able to build more systems in new markets and to provide greater savings and more savings to more customers. Uh, but we're still in TBD mode in terms of, of of how that's rolled out. Hopefully that that pushes some of the states that I just mentioned and others over the over the fence, right? To open up new markets and participate in, in what is, you know, every time one of these markets opens up, it's the acceptance that we see, um, it's, it's certainly not unanimous across the board, but but for the most part, you know, the municipalities that we work with uh, are supportive because of the tax revenue generation. The farmers that we work with are largely supportive, you know, because of the income diversification, right? Taking a small percentage of their of their total acreage and leasing it to us is is viewed as a portfolio diversification play, right? Rather than, you know, a solar developer coming and gobbling up every available acre of, of usable crop. That's just not, that's not what's happening. Right. Um, you know, and customers obviously are supportive because of the essential, essentially what I would consider guaranteed savings. We'll be right back. This edition of the contractors corner podcast is brought to you by Scanafly, the only drone based solar design software. Learn more about Scanafly at scanafly.com. Now back to the show. What is your O&M strategy and what are the challenges that you run into in this space? The challenges in the O&M space are, are not the same that we're that we're encountering necessarily in the EPC space right now. And I wouldn't say that we're encountering challenges either in the EPC space. Um, we've just um, we've we've tapped out resources in, in certain markets. We have not found that to be the case with with O&M service providers. We work with a handful um, uh, that, that we think highly of and that we've been working with for years and, and they're supporting us across various markets. It's not something that we provide in-house. That's something that we outsource, but our asset management team, we do provide asset management services to our, to our fleet in-house. And actually we've grown that, that group is run by, um, Will Jurath, who's, who's fantastic on my team. Um, Will also sees the, the outsourcing of O&M services for all of our systems. So we do per, we do serve the role of of uh, uh, JV manager, if you will, of GP in both of our joint ventures with Osaka Gas and with Hannon Armstrong, uh, where we do provide O and M services and asset management services and construction construction management services. Um, but we outsource obviously a lot of that, including O and M. Okay, it's good. There's not a shortage of at least that profession. Those O and M. Yeah. It, it, it's we it, it is a good thing that on top of kind of where we are with EPC would make things a little more difficult right now. Yeah, for sure. What would you say is the most unique project your company has completed? 
we we built a nine and a half megawatt system on a rooftop in Maryland where all of the Marvel comic books in the U.S. are printed. Um, that's a pretty cool project. I was I, I've always thought that that was uh, it. Not only the size of the roof, but what's going on in the building. It was always something that we pointed to as is something that was pretty neat. That is cool. That's one that jumps out. I'm trying to think of of, of other a whole lot of groundbound projects in a number of you know. Brewster Cheese Factory project. Um, you know, we've got some standalone battery projects that are that are really cool. Uh, we've got some projects that are on brownfield sites that are larger than our than our average ground mount system, our average greenfield system. Always feels good to to build those, right? Because it really is the best and highest use on on a landfill or or you know any, any type of of uh, of remediated site. Back to the IRA real quick, now that you brought up brownfields, which categories of those bonus credits are you really looking to hone in on? Are you looking at those brownfields and energy communities, low income, all the above? We are all the above. Um, in terms of honing in, I think we're, we're, we'd like clarity on all of it, domestic content, right? LMI, 45D, energy community. Energy community is the one aspect of the of the program right now. I think where we, we, would, we would love some clarity the the map that came out did not match our expectations in terms of what communities would qualify. Some job codes were left out that surprised us. So, for instance, Chicago, Illinois, is not considered an energy community, but but you know, Greenwich and Stanford, Connecticut are. Um, so, it, it, it there were some things that that didn't quite jive. I think with the the mission of the Biden Harris administration, we're actively working on that right now. Um, and that's important, right? We want to build the, the aforementioned projects in Chicago. We've got over 100 rooftops literally in Chicago proper. We've got this amazing training initiative with 548 and Power 52 where, you know, we're providing lifelong job skills to people um, that, that you know, we hope to use as apprentices on these on these various construction sites on these rooftop projects. It's just harder to make them work economically for us if we don't get that energy community status. So that that's one area where we're looking for clarity. I think we're also waiting... Um, to see what qualifies and uh, from a domestic content content standpoint, we certainly would hope that that Dalton, Georgia facility, the Q cell zone would qualify for a period of two years uh, to allow Q cells to to fully build out their vertically integrated facility um, in in uh, in another part of Georgia, which is obviously their plan, right? Hard to turn on U.S. domestic manufacturing overnight, as you know. Um, there really aren't any solar cell ingots or wafers that are actually manufactured in the U.S. at this point. So um, we're hoping this isn't just a first solar tax credit for the next couple of years. Right. That wouldn't make a lot of sense in terms of those, you know, first solar product is largely used in the Southwest for utility scale systems, uh, which aren't necessarily benefiting um, LMI customers, for instance, right? Where where um, we can and do, and it, uh, we can do more of it if, if we get a little help from some of these uh, additional tax incentives. What is preventing you from installing more projects? I think the answer might be legislation. <laughs> Part of its legislation in 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 concept, the 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 energy components of the IRA are are um, are fantastic for the green energy industry, for the clean energy industry at large. Um, some guidance and some definitive rollout would would be would be good in the in the near term here. Um, it's one thing to announce you know, a program understanding that things do take some time to roll out. Um, 
but I think now is the time for some of the definitive guidance to come out. That's that's one aspect. Interconnection is a limiting factor in our space. Not so much as it's and we're not nearly as affected as utility scale solar development is right where where they've got to work with with uh, with the ISOs and they're interconnecting at transmission level. We're not. We typically don't see those kind of wait times. Um, but that's always that's a factor. State level programs like you and I talked about, Kelsey earlier, is is, is something that would would greatly and quickly expand uh, the proliferation of community solar. Um, across the country, if even if we just got a couple of these other markets open, uh, and I think you know we we in 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 trying to get those markets open, we always kind of talk about the same things. There's a lot of job creation. There's a lot of tax revenue generation. There's um, there's there's energy savings to the ratepayer. Um, those are those aren't political items in nature. Those are those are kind of facts that everybody tends to get behind, and I think that's the core of what we do. And I know the Coalition for Community Solar Access is working very hard in all of they those are. markets. <laughs> they they always do. Yeah. And this team are always at it. My last question, what are some future product trends you're looking forward to in the community solar space? Storage is an obvious one, right? I, th I think the the um, as these new programs open up, you know, we we expect there to be storage components, and it makes all the sense in the world as as, as to why there would be. Um, simply from a frequency regulation standpoint in the grid, it makes sense to have storage components of 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 any new community solar program that opens up in a new market. Um, you know, there are there are the module technology considered con uh, continues to get better. Bifacial certainly isn't a new technology. Um, but there are new flavors that are um, higher efficiency, um, higher output, right? Uh, same footprint. So um, it, there's there's a, there's a number of of engineer. When I when I sit in with my engineering team, um, there are a number of different design changes. You know, we're using new racking on rooftops so that we can utilize bifacial modules. Um, there's a number of different things that we're looking at from a design standpoint. We are exploring uh, different ways to simplify customer acquisition as well and make that more seamless. Um, I, it, and, and when I say that, that's that's not cutting out our existing partners necessarily. We work with some great folks that, you know, being in Arcadia and IGS that we've worked with for a long time and have great respect for, and, and they do a great job for us. But um, there are some other things that we could be doing as well that that are exciting. Okay. You know, it, it the the single biggest thing. There are certainly always efficiencies from a te technological standpoint. You know, racking inverters, modules. Um, will will the industry will continue to get better there? There's no question. The the single biggest accelerant, though, for for our industry, by far, is this IRA package, right? So I think just just having it rolled out in a in a way that is logical that doesn't tie up capacity. So for instance, you know, the LMI component of the, of the bill uh, currently allows folks to sit on an award for up to four years. I don't think that's what anybody wants to see, right? That's just going to mean that folks are sitting on projects that may never get built and those savings aren't being delivered to the, to the LMI customers like they should be in a timely fashion. Right. So I think we're hopeful that the program is rolled out in the coming months. All aspects of the program are rolled out in the coming months in a, in a way that, 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 that benefits the industry, but benefits um, the American ratepayer, right? The customers that that um, you know that that stand to see those energy savings 
that stand to could benefit from the jobs and the tax revenue generation, all those things we talked about in the near term as opposed to delaying things months and months and months. All right. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for your time. Really thank appreciate you. it. This has been another edition of Contractors Corner. Join us each month as I talk to solar contractors across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online at solarpowerworldonline.com for more great featured content and breaking solar news. See you back here next month.